Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast for Southeast Asian women by Southeast Asian women, exploring conversations around health, the self, community and love. My name is Nicole and I am your producer and host. We're back after taking a quick mid-season break with a really cute episode. Almost a year ago, one of you guys slid into my DMs on Instagram and said, Hey Nicole, you really need to check out this account, Two Mums SG, and feature them on your podcast. I consider myself someone who doesn't really have baby fever, but I do like the occasional squishy baby. In Singapore, there is no legal recognition of a union between a same-sex couple, although the government claims that it does not tolerate discrimination and harassment against the LGBTQ community. The reality that these couples face show quite a different story. Brenda and Perlin, the couple behind Two Mums SG, have been together for almost half their lives and knew at a really young age that they wanted to start a family together. But despite the legal restrictions and the societal discrimination that they face on a regular, their relationship is actually stronger than ever and it's helped them in making clear, careful, precise decisions in having baby Vala. In commemoration of Pride Month this year, we want to share their story with you. Hi guys! Hi. So we are finally... <laughs> Behind the scenes, uh, we took 45 minutes to get this whole thing going around. But glad to have you guys on the show today. Thanks for having us. Um, I'm Brenda. This is Perlin. And this is Velda. Velda is 15 months old. We are behind the IG handle Two Mums SG. As the name implies, uh, we are two mums. I'm Mama. This is Mummy. And uh, we wanted to set up an IG account so that we can help other couples who want to try, save some costs and also share them about our experience. Thanks for joining me on um, the show today. I think how I found you guys was actually an anonymous tip of like somebody slide in my DMs like on Instagram and I was like, I think you guys should feature Oh really? Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 I don't know who yeah. this person is because it's like an anonymous oh, account yeah. but yeah. Oh. glad that you guys yeah, she's just joining our conversation yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 When she hears us talking, yeah, she'll join a convo. I see, I see. Look at this, brother. Looking at your Instagram profile, it's very interesting because I can't think of any other couple in a same-sex like relationship in Singapore that has a child. So I think the first thing and the most obvious question that I think most people want to know is how did you guys do it? So we went overseas and we did IVF because we've always wanted kids. So we are not legally married even though we really hope that one day we can be legally married in Singapore. But uh, for us, because we feel that even if we were to go overseas to get a marriage certificate and all that, when we come back to Singapore, it's still not recognised. So we use that wedding fund for baby making process instead. And uh, we love kids a lot, which is why we specialise in kids events. So we run a balloon company together for the past 13 years. And we just feel that, you know, we love kids so much, having a child is like a must-do for us. And we always feel that we cannot, just because of our sexual orientation and we are just limited to being the best EE or the best to anybody we always wanted to have a family of our own and I guess our family unit um, is what's different from everyone else but other than that everything else feels pretty normal to us we've thought of having a kid ever since like 10 years ago how old are you guys? now? yeah uh, she forgot yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> I'm 31 okay. and I'm turning 34 this year in fact we wanted kids ever since probably when we were when I'm 18 and yeah. she's 21 yeah. Okay. And but then we kind of knew like the process of it will cost quite a bit, so that's why we save up over the years and just waiting for the right time to start. Yeah. So we've been together for half my life. Yeah. We were together when I was seventeen and she was fourteen. 
Okay, that's very young. <laughs> and where do you guys meet? It's not a very glory moment. <laughs> we met outside a club. Yep. So people always ask us, next time if Velda goes clubbing and she tells you that she wants to date somebody, what will your reaction be? Yeah. We're like, maybe she'll find the right one there. <laughs> and how will y'all... So, which means that y'all have been together for... This year is our 17th year. Okay. 16, 17th year. That's very long. Is it for same-sex couples? Is it normal to have like a relationship for that long a period of time? I think time? we have met quite a couple of people that's above 12 years. Yeah. But as far as the uh, people around us, we don't think we have anyone that we are really close to that are in relationship for 16, 17 years. Of, of course, there are it's others helpful, out yeah. there, but, but uh, within our close contact of friends, we haven't heard of anyone else with such long relationship. And I guess one of the reasons why we can be together for so long is because, number one, we have common goal. We knew that we wanted to have a kid together. Plus, we work together. So, even though in terms of years, it's our 16, 17 year, right? But I think we're together for like 30 over years because we work together, we live together. Basically, we are just together 24-7. You mentioned that you wanted, you both knew you wanted kids yeah. since you were in your late teens, yeah, right? Late teens. Yeah. And so, how did that conversation from like, I want to have kids, but you know, I'm, I'm sure of like my sexual orientation lead to... I guess where you guys are now today. I think right from the start, it's more of like settling down first. So both of us knew that we wanted to be each other for quite some time, mm. for many, forever. So uh, since then, then we, we started to plan. And because we love kids, that we always um, hang out with our cousins last time mm. when we were younger. Mm. So then the thought of starting a family came to us, but we didn't know how to go about doing it. And then uh, we went to do some research and found out some methods uh, that we can do. It was quite apparent to us that we really wanted to start a family. So there wasn't like a, should we start a family? Or how do we do it? It's more of like a, okay, I think we were going to start a family like how at much, a certain age. Like how, how much, much does it, it cost? cost? And when, and when will we start yeah. trying? Mm, yeah. Mm. When will we be ready to try? Actually, we regret not trying earlier. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, if I think we play us, safe we, yeah, too we much. We wish yeah. that we started earlier when we were 25. But now that uh, we have her, I mean, we are very grateful. It took us quite a while, a fair bit of tries before we succeeded with conceiving her. But before that, we just feel that um, because age is catching up, we didn't want to be parents at a very late age. Like, my mom gave birth to me when she was 21. So now I'm 34. My mom is only 55. I can see that she's really enjoying her life now. She can go for trips on, on her own with her friends without bothering about us. And that's what we wanted to have, which is why that was one of the reasons why we wanted to have a kid early. Yeah, then somehow now I feel like I'm 34. My When my mom was my age, I was really taking PSLE. Yeah. Yeah, so that's quite a bit of difference, right? And yeah. now I'm running after her. Share more a bit about like the IVF process with me. So was it something that you guys thought was like the only option available? Because I think for, for uh, same-sex couples, yeah. right? There are other options yeah. available to uh, you. There's now, right? quite a few options, but we chose this ultimately. The yeah. IVF. In fact, actually, we did not start IVF. We started with IUI. What's the difference? Basically, IUI is less invasive. Okay. Because yes. it's just using a catheter to put the sperm in. Okay. And for IVF, it's more invasive because we have to extract, extract the, egg. the egg, fertilize, fertilize. it, and then put it put back. It back in. Okay. So, uh, we tried uh, four IUIs. Okay. I mean, how we started is we started with IUI. Because it's uh, cheaper as well. But going through the process, we realized that I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah, we just did an episode on that. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 saw that episode. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, then I think the IUI channels are a lot lower, which is why I feel all. And that's why after that, we decided to move on to IVF, okay. which has a higher chance of success, but a lot costs a lot more. So I know for IVF, like the process is a woman has to take like hormone injections and then inject it 
for a couple of days before the eggs are ready to be retrieved and extracted, right? Is it the same? Yeah, that's what we had to do. We have to do uh, hormonal jabs like every day. For IUI also? Yes, for IUI not every day. IUI is just taking a pill but we still need to take jabs for prepping of the womb and stuff which mm. is a very tough process for yeah. us. Yeah, it's also I very believe... emotionally draining for us that period of time. Yeah, but I believe that's uh, the case for everyone uh, who has been through the process. Mm. Yeah, and to be honest, last time, you know, every time Chinese New Year people will ask whether oh, you got married, are you, when are you having a kid and all that. After we started trying, then we realised that it's something that we do not want to ask a married couple about or to pressure somebody into having children. You never know. Someone around you could be trying for years and they are not successful. And someone probably has some uh, PCOS or whatever making it hard for them to conceive as well. So from then, we decided that we should not ever propped into asking other people when do they want to have kids because sometimes they are having a lot of struggles that they don't know yeah. especially if you are the one taking the jab and the hormonal jab you get a lot of side effects with like erratic mood swings right. side effects like uh, weight gain and all that so that was a very painful process very physically draining mentally draining emotionally draining yet financially draining at the same time yeah. so it's everything all in oh, together it's like yeah. a huge roller coaster when you're trying to it's a uh, uh, what do you call it a test of our relationship yeah. yeah and yet you're always through. Oh, we are glad we went through it together because we have heard of a lot of couples during the trying process. Sometimes, you know, maybe husband and wife or whatever, they feel that, you know, they can't it's be too much together. It's too much for yeah. them to handle. But for us, because we are in it together, we have to make a lot of sacrifices in order to do it overseas. Yeah, it brought us a lot closer than we expected. Although, during the process of trying, we also had our fair share of like huge quarrels and all that. Do you guys think that there is a difference between you being a same-sex couple versus like a heterosexual couple in going through like the IVF process? I think there's a little bit of difference because we are both female. Mm. So we both know what mood swings are and mm. our PMS period and stuff like that. So it's easier for each other to understand, like it's easier for her to understand what I'm really? going through. For example, if she say I'm having like very bad cramps, I know what she's talking about. Yeah. But for a guy, I think he will never understand. Yeah. yeah, so I guess because we are both quite emotional when we are doing the process, mm -hmm. then it kind of helps to relate to each other. Mm -hmm. Like if I have to jab her, I will tell her and I will express how I feel towards her mm -hmm. and I'll let her know that I'm very helpless and she knows how I'm feeling at the same time rather than if you know one party just decides to not really partake in it. We've heard of a lot of cases where the wives are the ones jabbing themselves. Yeah, but for us, we've been with each other throughout the entire process. Mm. So tell me about how you guys felt after four failures, right? When you guys realised that it was successful. Uh, <sighs> Very emotional even when we think about it. Because yeah. the very first time we went um, for the process, right? Thinking that, okay, we will definitely get it. It's not like we are infertile or anything like that. But then we'll definitely hit it first try. Then we, we were so heartbroken after that. Like we were crying like the whole way back. Then the second time, we thought, confirm can. In the end, we failed again. So it was like a lot of emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Up and, down, up and then and down. the third and the fourth time it's like, okay, if we fail, it doesn't matter. You yeah. know, we try to keep a neutral mindset on it. Yeah. And then when we finally realized that we were pregnant, of course we were happy. But then comes the, the, the other part where like, what if there's a miscarriage, you know, mm. because the probability is also high. So we just kept telling ourselves um, not to feel too happy about it first mm. and wait until she's really here. Because mm. there's so many things that can happen. And then plus, I'm pregnant, I'm so paranoid, right? Every day, feeling whether she moved, mm. whether she's still okay inside because yeah. we've heard yeah. stories, you know. So, but I believe so that happens mm. for every mother mm. who's pregnant. Uh. Was she delivered in Singapore or what was the process like? So I carried her for nine months. I mean, my food baby. 
Pauline is the carrier. <laughs> and um, I'm the real carrier. <laughs> she's the biological mom. Okay. Yeah, so she's the one that delivered the baby. Okay. And Singapore. Yeah, we deliver in Singapore. Basically, for us, we just need to go overseas for the main procedure. Then when we come back, we have our gynae in Singapore that's helping us. We've been very fortunate. It has been quite a smooth sailing one. In yeah. fact, we didn't get anything negative at all. Yeah, yeah we didn't face we much very, very discrimination thankful. also yeah. along the way. I think the, the team is quite professional. There were no like questions like, no. which one of you is from last month? How are you all related? Stuff like that. Somehow when we went to the gynae, right, yeah. we explained our situation right from the start. So the nursing team and the doctor knew about our same-sex family unit oh. and they were very professional about it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Although like a few times when I tried to pay at the counter, they will ask me, oh, uh, where's the patient? Let's say, oh, I'm just paying for the patient. She's just there. Yeah, but no questions asked after that also. So we have an option to choose your sperm donor mm. to the very like blood type or character. Medical anything. history, academics, family background. Basically, everything about the donor is like in the sperm bank yeah. database. So we decided to just uh, narrow it down to someone that we like. Okay. So we started searching for somebody who's very outdoorsy and uh, I mean, health-wise, academics-wise, everything is okay. And then we stream it down to uh, more donor. Is there a particular reason why you're sure that I'm more donor or is I don't want to say it because it's so shallow. It's just because they look cuter. <laughs> <laughs> but That's also because like our, our niece and nephews are mixed. I see. So we feel like it's, it's okay it's anyway. The family can accept a mixed child already. Yeah. So since... I guess she turns out okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how was like the pregnancy journey like for, for you guys? I think I'm a I'm a weird person because everybody's complaining about their pregnancy journey, but I really loved it. Okay. I love being pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a magical it's so magical. It is kind of like a we don't know whether it will we will actually be pregnant at any point in time. So the fact that we are pregnant is is like the best thing that ever happened to me yeah like we are counting our blessings like all the time even now when we look at her or when she does something and we are proud of her we always tell ourselves like we are really very lucky it's already not very common that you see uh, same-sex couples being together for so long and because of the societal uh, pressure family pressure and stuff like that the fact that we can be together for so long and have a child is something that we really count our blessings for every morning but the other set of the problem come when the minute we are pregnant we start to think okay how will society view us how will Felder grow up how will we be treated and stuff like that then the worry never stops the minute we are pregnant, we've been worried until now. We're still being worried. We're worried about how is she going to cope with school? How is she going to cope with other kids or other kids' parents? Before we started trying, we also thought, you know, how, how, do, how do we let her grow up in Singapore when it's not so inclusive at the moment? Should we migrate? Should we do this? Should we do that? And then we realised that this is where our roots are and this is what's home to us. That's why we decided to just stay in Singapore and have a, have a child. Despite not having many, many people around us with kids. I understand that Pauline is the, you are the biological mom of Velda. So in the process of having Velda ever since, right, like the one year plus, has there been any like difficulties in, let's say y'all go to like a doctor or like y'all want to enroll her into a school and then I guess yeah, y'all face any like legal like challenges or like any pushback from like, different factions of society that says like, oh, she needs to have a mom and a dad, for instance. So far, we haven't had that because uh, she hasn't been enrolled in a school and hasn't seen the doctors too. 
Oh my god, yeah, I shouldn't say that. I didn't want to jinx it, but yeah. anyway, don't jinx, we, we don't became jinx. very superstitious after we become mums. Yeah. So anyway, we haven't had any of that issues, but these are stuff that we were ready for, like we were prepared for it. The um, only thing that we really faced was insurance. Okay. Like we have to get separate insurance because she's not a spouse. Mm. So in terms of the legality part of it, to be honest, I'm just an outsider. Basically, we are just living like I'm a single mum. Mm. Yeah. And everything just goes that way, except the fact that we are family. So in terms of those, how do we go about to ensure that if anything happens to me, they'll be provided for yep. and, and stuff like that? It's, it's more of the practical thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which, which is, are very important. Like we, we've always talked about it. Every time when we are in our car, we'll always talk about okay, if let's say we get into an accident, yep. then what will happen to Velda? Correct. Yeah, what will happen to like let's us? say both of us. What if yeah. she's she's the one that's in trouble and then it's just me and then I have no power over her and I cannot decide what to do with her? What if it's me and then in the end they are not provided for? Which is why we rope in family support. Like we try to let our family members know that this is our plan. So in case anything happens to us, they, they we trust like, that they will fight for mm. the right. So what things. is the the big plan then? The big plan, uh, yeah. The big plan is um the reason why we have this IG handle uh, because we want to let other couples come and speak to us because every family have uh, their own set of issues. Mm. For us, we know for sure if anything happened to to me, they will be provided for. Anything happens to Pauline, then I will be able to care for her. Yeah. Whether legally Whether legally or yeah. or not legally. We know that both side families family, yeah. I see. Okay. We'll understand that Brandon will be the main care. Yeah, it's what we talk about ever since we were 20, 21. It's a 10 year plan, essentially. Yeah. We talk about all kinds <laughs> of scenario, all kinds of like issues that will happen all when like, this happens, what do we do? Yeah. Or options like what if maybe um we break up or some uh, third party come in the picture, what will happen? We talk yeah. about all this, like we talk about the worst case scenarios. So like our planning is all according to whatever we have talked about. Such as like what will happen to our company, what will happen to us if we choi choi pass away. Even like like planning for a house, planning for everything. There's a lot of people just involved. come into the picture thinking that okay, I just want to do it because now that I know of other couples who can do it, I also want to do it and then just go ahead for the IVF without thinking about all this. Then we feel that it's difficult in time to come like, because then it comes with all the other issues. Like, we thought yeah. about okay, how will our child be looked upon when we are outside and then people say, how come you have two mothers? You don't have a father. Correct. How will Velda react and, and stuff like that? And then we realise that ultimately a family unit needs love. As long as we love her and she knows that, we feel that you know this are, yeah we can work yeah. through everything together as long as our family is united because there are different type of family units out there as well like persons with disability or you know even divorced parents or abusive families whatever everybody have their own set of stories to tell and for us we feel that our story to tell is that we are a same sex couple family we love each other we've been together for a long time and this is just the next stage of life that comes very naturally to us. We're taking a short break. Something Private is a podcast produced on the media publisher Our Grandfather Story. Watch our new episodes every alternate Tuesdays on YouTube and listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast every alternate Thursdays. New episodes will be published first on YouTube and we'll be publishing once every two weeks this season. We've also just launched our new website, so pay us a visit at somethingprivate.fm if you'd like to share your story with us or work with us. Otherwise, you can send us a message on Instagram at somethingprivatepod or email us at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. We're immensely grateful for all the support you guys have given us and we really couldn't have come this far without you. If you'd like to keep supporting our work, become our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash somethingprivatepod. That's patreon.com forward slash something private pod. 
Now back to the episode. Do people ask you rude things? Like for instance, like I think one common question people might ask you is like, then who's the mom? Who's the dad? For instance. In fact, this is a question that we face every day. Yeah. Mm. Because every time we bring Val around, people will say, hey, how come she looks so Amor? Huh? Mm. She got Amor father. Huh? Oh, okay. She got Amor father. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we so, will educate people because we realize sometimes people don't ask they don't ask out of mean intentions, but yeah. they are really just curious where and how or how it can be done. So it's more of like uh, educating people every day. Mm-hmm. It's tiring. But it's just part of what we want to do and uh, what we feel that we need to. Especially if it's people that we will meet over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like if we bring her to a coffee shop and we want to order a plate of food, then the auntie asks, Ayo, so cute, ah. this one your niece. Ah. Because especially if I'm the one carrying, they won't think that I'm the carrier, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So they ask me, Oh yeah, your niece. Ah. Her father is Angmo, is it? They say, no, she has two mums. Yeah. Then they were always like, huh? There's always a reaction. Then we oh. realise that because we, she will see them um, as she grew up and their store is always going to be there. We are always going to be patronising that store. Mm-hmm. So we'll just explain. Then somehow you feel that people are quite accepting when they know us as people. We are quite surprised that in fact the older generation are the ones that are more accepting. Okay. Yeah. They will give very encouraging statements after you tell them the story. Okay. Yeah. Although it takes them a while to understand the concept of IVF, how do oh, we yeah. try and all that. Yeah, but the, the medical minute, part. Yeah. yeah, the medical part is a bit hard to explain. Yeah. yeah. But the minute they understand, they are very supportive. And also, I don't feel like I'm not welcome when I enter anywhere. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But these are the people yeah. that we, uh, we see quite often. Mm. And people that know us are people that matter. Because mm. uh, if it's just a stranger, people who will judge are people that don't know you, right? Mm. So when they judge you because they don't know us as a couple, they don't know our family unit. If they judge us and they vent it on Val, then we feel that these are not the people that we want to be involved with as well. Yeah. But people that we know of, like acquaintance, and after we educate them, they, they are all okay. We haven't had someone that after we explain to them the situation like, and tell oh, us this off. is a bad thing. Or yeah. That's also like, you know, the good so and far, bad so thing. So good, yeah. I think overseas, um, same-sex family units are very popular and it's getting more and more common. Yep. In Singapore, not so. But us being Asians also means that, you know, people will at most talk behind your back, they will not say it in, in front your of face. You. So I, I think we are very thankful for that. Mm. I mean, they can say whatever they want behind our backs, but at least not to our face. And even if it's to our face, it's fine, but at least not to the child. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Pauline and myself, we, we are very strong-headed people. And we yeah. believe that, you know, um, whatever comes our way, we will just... We will just deal with it. I'm very shocked that y'all said that, like, the... And this is me, skeptical like, about the older generation. Yeah. Right? I feel a bit skeptical that yeah. they are so accepting. Why do y'all think that is the case? We feel that uh, maybe they've reached a certain age of life that they feel as long as we are happy doing what we are doing, they are just supportive. And does it mean that the younger generation has been like less accepting? Okay, not that they are less accepting, they are okay, but usually uh, they tend to keep comments to themselves. I know? see. So they will understand the situation and then they will leave it as it is. Yeah. But they will not offer uh, encouraging. It's not that we won't offer encouraging stuff also, but that's just what we've picked up based on what we observed this one year. Yeah, the older generation, the older generation really generation. try their best to, you know. I see. Like, after I told the, the coffee shop auntie that we are same-sex family, right? Every time we go, she will make sure that she will say, Oh, mama, mama bring you come yeah, and buy. Uh. Oh, where's mommy? Yeah. yeah. They were not, like, ignore it. Ignore it, yeah. Like, as though we didn't tell them this before. Yeah, correct. Mm. I want to ask about your families because I think that it's very interesting that you guys have, I think, firstly, been together for so long. And then secondly, 
um, made this independent decision, what were your family's reactions yeah, to, I guess, you guys being together from the start? And then, yeah. I think at the start of our relationship, our families probably thought that, you know, it's going to be a passing phase. Yes. We will not be together for so long and on it. Initially, I also didn't think that we'd be together for so long. I mean, I'm also surprised that we are still here. But I always remember how Pauline bring me to her family. Okay. Uh, so we met the first day underage clubbing. Two days later was a school holiday. School holiday, yeah? Then we went on our first date. Then the next date, right, the second date, she brought me to her family gathering already. I walked into her family gathering. She didn't introduce like, this is Brenda, my friend. She just said, this is Brenda and left it there. Okay. I was like, wow, this girl is quite cool because she just brought me in and then I just mingled with the family. So I always remember um, how she just bring me to the family without, you know, fearing that she cannot show me to anyone or stuff like that. I think that's also because her past relationship, they're all quite underground. Mm. Yeah, because we were young, yeah, right? We were right. just teenagers. So... It's very different. For, for me, I never wanted to hide. Yeah, so because she didn't hide me, then I felt like I, cr- I shouldn't hide her too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Then now when we decided to have a kid, we feel that we shouldn't hide her as well. Mm. So we did all the announcements. I don't know, maybe it's just uh, us. Like your personalities, personality. right? Yeah, yeah. So it means the minute you all were together, yeah. all your families knew as well. Like they were like, of course we didn't oh, go we didn't, out there yeah. and say like, oh, this is my girlfriend. Yeah, right. yeah we just bring each other to our families. By and by, I think people know. Okay. La. It was not like a, I have to purposely bird. come out to you situation, but more of Berlin is just always there. Initially, they probably thought that she's just super close or whatever, but the minute we wanted to have a kid, anyone who don't know should know by now. After a few years, you know, when, when things start to get a bit more serious and we are really becoming more stable in our relationship, that's where, you know, families start to question how, how long are we going to be together? Will Pauline ever marry and start a family? Mm. What will happen to us when we suddenly break up or stuff like that? Then come the decision when we decided, okay, this is the time that we want to start trying. We wanted to make sure that Velda knows that we love her and we don't want to deny her. So we don't want to just go ahead and try for a baby without letting any family members know and then come back and say she's pregnant. Yep. And also we feel like maybe people will think that we're trying to cover up. Maybe she had a one night stand and she cheated on me then she got a baby. So we didn't want people to have that kind of thoughts. So we, we discussed with our family up front. We let them know our plans before we even went for our process. And we're lucky that our extended family members are also quite accepting. In essence, you never officially had the conversation with like your immediate parents they just know I mean so mm. 10 years ago when we first started helping out at Pink Dot right mm. we chanced upon we didn't know what Pink Dot was for the first 3 years until the 4th year then we were like okay what's this then we went down to help so from then we decided that okay the, the feeling of being at the different Pink Dot events was really very heartwarming for us yep. and we decided to just like you know tell our parents so one day I decided to have this um, sit down sit serious down, talk, serious talk yeah. to come up to my parents and then my, my dad just tell me, you think I don't know? You think I'm stupid? <laughs> yeah. how <laughs> we know what? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like a, oh, don't need to okay. address it. It's just like, they okay. know it. They did ask us, like maybe our aunties will ask like, how long is this relationship going to be? Mm. Is this serious? You need to start thinking about life. But I think we stand firm on the fact that we are going to be with each other yeah. for long, just like any other couple. Yeah. I mean, of course, we can't tell what the future will hold. Uh, there may be breakouts and stuff. But at the point of time, we would want to be with each other. Yeah, although we and did feel we, a bit hurt when we told them that we wanted to start a family, then some family members will tell us like, actually just the two of you is good enough already. Why you all need to go and have one more child? Mm. 
why you all want to have a kid. But then again, if it's a normal straight couple, no matter what, you will encourage them to have kids. You won't tell them like, oh, it's very difficult to raise a kid and stuff like that. But we know that they do it out of good intentions because they are just worried about they're how worried, we will be discriminated. Yeah, how will, what will go through and what the child will go through. I think they are quite We know the intentions about, are good, yeah. but at that point in time when we heard it, we still feel like a bit... For sure, sad, for yeah. sure, for sure. Like, why can't we have a family? We wanted a family since we were nine. But now that we have her, then people are telling us, like, y'all should have a second one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that really helped a lot. She changes things. Yeah, she, she really brought everything. the family together yeah. as well. One of the tries that we did overseas, right, my mom actually came with us. Okay. So that was also quite quite good. Was it because she wanted to support you guys? I, I guess that's her way to show that she's supportive. Yeah, because mm. yeah. as Asian parents, I don't think they were like, you know, say to us, oh, we're, we're very supportive of you. Mm. But it's more of um, them being a part of the process and also anticipating the, the positive. Before we, we went into it, we also thought that, okay, what if, like, you know, our family members deny our kid? Yep. Yeah, maybe they don't tell people that this is their grandchild. Then what happens if maybe one day they're outside with Velda and their colleague come along and then they just pretend that they're stranger? Mm. Yeah, or they don't say who's the son-in-law and stuff yeah. like that. We started to realize that, you know, the questions that we should anticipate is not just the two of us, but for our family. So we decided to sit everyone down and ask them, okay, when people ask you this, what should you answer? Mm. Yeah. We start to educate them on the proper saying, yeah. what, what should they reply? Yeah. But we are very glad because like our, our siblings yeah. and our moms, they, they are very okay with it. I can bring her to my mom's workplace and her colleague all know that she has two moms. Mm. Yeah, and I guess like it's, it's quite a heartwarming feeling for us. Mm. We have had people talking behind our backs to say that you know we are very selfish. We are making a very selfish decision to have a child because this child is innocent. We shouldn't bring an innocent life into the world knowing that she's not going to have a father. How will she grow up without a father? But mm. these are just comments that they have and they can keep their comments to themselves because it doesn't really affect us. Mm. And ultimately, we know what we want to do. Our goal is just clear-cut. Yep. And as long as we have our loved ones support, everything else don't matter to us. And I guess in the journey, what were the most like heartwarming moments that you guys remember? We were really overwhelmed when uh, it was Wilder's first month celebration. We, we had a lot of gifts from people that are trying to show us that they care and mm. they are supportive. But what was really the best was Berlin's grandma's brother's kids mm. prepped some food for us and sent it down to us. Mm. Yeah, Even though these are extended family members, we know that they are really using their actions and bringing it over to us because they, don't, they know that I don't know how to prep the food. Yeah, for confinement. For confinement period. Because we did the confinement ourselves as well with the help of her mom for two weeks. Then my side of the family also, my extended family members were overseas when they heard about our birth announcement. We posted everything online because we, we know that if her stomach gets bigger and bigger and there's no answer to it, then people will start to talk. Correct, correct. So we did everything as what a normal couple would do. We did our birth announcement, the gender review and stuff like that. And... When we announced her name, right, my extended family members also made customized gifts for her even though they were away and they were overseas and waited for us when we meet to pass it to us. I think this is us um, feeling that you know, they are telling us that they prepared something for her. She has a lot of customized gifts. People are like our client turned friends, our close friends or people that we have lost contact with for a period of time, extended family members that we see probably once a year preparing stuff like that for her. Now, that's really heartwarming. Like, we, we didn't realise the extent of support that we had all along until when we had her first month celebration 
and it was during like close to circuit breaker period. So people were really sending stuff like they order online and send it over to us. Hmm. And I guess then, what does that kind of show you guys about like our society in general? Because I think there's like a huge, I mean, you're, you're part of it, right? Like a huge ongoing debate about like legalizing 377A and like how some of the existing, other existing laws will yeah. end up marginalizing your general community and, you know, the lack of support in general. So since there's so much positivity like in the support that you guys got from your immediate and like surrounding circles, right? How do you guys feel about it? In terms of like repealing 377A and all, it's still a long road ahead. But for now, we are quite simple. We feel like maybe also because we are in our own bubble, mm. we feel like as long as Singapore can become more inclusive, mm. the legal part of it is something to be worked on. Mm. But it doesn't have to, you know, be something that we are focusing on and rushed into all the time. Um, as long as people that we meet on the streets can be more supportive and uh, you know, more inclusive, or rather just keep their comments, bad comments to themselves, that's good enough for us for now. Part of me hope that before I pass on, I will yeah. at least be a legal parent to her. But if there's something that cannot be done, then I just have to deal with it because we came into this baby-making process knowing that this is what we, we need to do. Mm. And this is... Probably I'll be denied a lot of rights as a parent, but we are just prepared for it. We are making this episode in commemoration of Pride Month and I think we want to extend our space to like our allies and stuff like that. So my last, I guess, question to you guys is do you have anything to say in, in, in regard to being two same-sex parents with a child in a country like Singapore. We just hope that Singapore can progress to become a more inclusive uh, society so that um, kids like Valder will be able to grow up happy and healthy and also don't don't face that much discrimination, which is also the reason why we, we are always at every year's Pink Dot mm. giving out balloons because we just feel that, you know, that feeling of just being there is always a very happy one. And we just hope that this can translate to the rest of everyday life compared to just being at one, a one-off event. Then also, if any couples out there want to um, try for a kid, they can also come and uh, speak to us. Mm. So we can share with them, you know, like how, how we go about doing it, whether it's it for family or for work. Because we realise everyone have a different set of things holding them back for trying for a kid. But at least if they hear from our story and they know the difficulty or how are the process, then it can help them plan better. I think you guys would be able to advise them on like the procedures that go along, what their options available. Yeah, and save money not to spend Correct. unnecessary cash. That was why we even wanted to do this. Because we thought if there was like a place or someone that we can speak to, which we are very fortunate we did speak to a couple of mm. families before we, uh, while we were trying to get a better understanding of what's going to happen. Yeah, and after we, we have her, we have people reaching out to us and tell us, hey, we, I also know of another couple who mm. has a kid. And then slowly, slowly, we have a small network of uh, same-sex families in Singapore. And th- we want her to know that there are other kids out, out there that are just like her. And they are all in just healthy, ha- happy family. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Being in the studio with Brenda, Perlin and Valda for a whole afternoon really allowed us to witness what great mums the two ladies are to baby Valda and how much they really love her. So this coming Pride Month, we want to keep amplifying the voices of our friends in the LGBTQ community. So if you have someone that you'd like us to feature or if you want to share your story with us, drop us a DM on Instagram or a message at our website somethingprivate.fm or email us at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. 